I don't go out and do things. When I was a kid, I remember hearing stories about friends going out and doing things together, going to parties, and then in college it became going to bars. And I was for sure like, I don't want to do that. I, I don't know any of the people at that place of business. Why would I want to be amongst all of them? Whatever would put me in that situation, surrounded by strangers, crowded places, smoking or drinking or both? Not interested. This seems and feels a little bit like a cry for help, but I swear to God, I'm making a point here. The point is, I don't do things. I'm fine not doing things, and I've come to learn that's who I am. I'm the not doing things guy. That benefits me in two ways, and yes, perhaps it does seem a little bit like right now I'm talking myself into this, and and that could be the case. Here are the two ways it helps me. Number one, it's given me a hell of a lot of time to watch basketball, one of the real passions in my life. And all of that basketball watching has led me to a point where I am never, ever wrong about basketball, ever. Now, for me, not really special. It's just my life. It's who I am. I'm just never wrong. But for you all, the audience, well, I'm sure you could all figure out a way to use my never being wrongness. Perhaps you could just regurgitate everything I say and also never be wrong. But perhaps maybe you have some loose change in your pocket. You want to gamble on sports via one of these sports gambling apps. Listen, you can listen to me. You can bet on these things that I say. Number two, the second way me not doing things benefits me is when I do do a thing, I really tend to enjoy and appreciate them because I don't normally do things. Here we go. February 27, 2016, I get invited to a dinner with a friend. Hell yeah, I got friends, baby. Everybody loves me. Don't I sound like fun? Anyhow, I go to this cool guy restaurant thing, and I'm making small talk, real human stuff, but the whole time I keep looking up at the TVs in the corner because Golden State is in the middle of one of the great seasons in NBA history, and they're on the road tonight in Oklahoma City playing Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, and everyone in the restaurant, for the record, seems to be doing the same thing I'm doing, neglecting the human interaction and engaging with the TV screens. It's a great game, back and forth, then overtime, and now Russell Westbrook has a chance to hit a game winner and send the Warriors back to the Bay with a rare loss. The hater in me is cheering against Golden State and that little baby-faced assassin, but Rusty misses the shot, and as Steph brings the ball back up the court, Damn near the entire restaurant rises to its feet as Steph gets to half court. And just as I start to realize, hey, this watching a game with other people thing ain't half bad, Steph pulls up and he pulls up from a spot where you start thinking to yourself, what's he doing? You're not even thinking that's a bad shot or I can't believe he's shooting it from there because you really can't believe he's shooting it from there. And then the ball's in the air and it's arcing and it's, moving toward the basket, and you can't even hear the announcers over the sounds of gasping in the restaurant. And then it goes in, and then Steph is dancing. And then Golden State wins again, and then you realize, maybe this game is totally different now. And forever. It's Steph's iconic 32-footer in OKC, right here on First Ballot.
Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. This isn't just about great sports moments. It's about the moments that matter. The moments that matter are in the First Ballot Hall of Fame. This podcast has been called the Skybox of Podcasts. Who said that? I said it. I'm your host, Neil, a.k.a. Gotham Coach, a.k.a. the Glass City Cobra, the long-lost Gasol brother, the Reebok pump god, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, half Filipino, half not Filipino. As you all know, I'm not the biggest Lakers fan. I am the best Lakers fan. I'm also Mr. Not Always Right, but Never Ever Wrong, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot Big and Tall Executive Suite Desk Chair. The First Ballot Hall of Fame podcast is brought to you by... Ball is life and the Ball is Life Podcast Network. Play this thing again here. Proud to be a part of the Ball is Life Podcast Network. Today's episode of First Ballot could be sponsored by. We are not currently sponsored by anyone. There's no money behind the show. But we could be sponsored by this clip from the Welcome to Atlanta remix by Murphy Lee of the St. Lunatics. Let's listen to it together. I'm so St. Louis, ask my tattooist. I was like the water boy, now they saying you can do it. That's the St. Lunatics, Murphy Lee. That song means a lot to me, but I played that part specifically for our guest, who is in fact so St. Louis. Murphy and the St. Lunatics hit me up. I'll promote whatever you guys have got going. Steph Curry's 32-foot game winner in OKC is without a question a great sports moment. But is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We have to decide that today. And here to do it with me is a man who, as I previously mentioned, is so very St. Louis. But more than that, our guest today has been seen all over the internet and your television. He used to be the editorial director at All Def Digital. He used to be the social lead host and journalist at Yahoo on their NBA coverage. He was also the lead producer and host on the show Buckets at Wave TV. But most importantly, he's one of the co-hosts of the legendary Jenkins and Jones podcast on the Mighty Mighty Volume Network. It's the very cool, very LeJethro Jenkins. It's John LeJethro Jenkins. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. I'm glad you brought up St. Louis, too. It's the biggest part of me. I just tell people I breathe like somebody from St. Louis. So, yeah, I'm, 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 it's, it's very important to me, man. I appreciate that. But I'm glad to be here. Do you have a favorite St. Lunatic? Let's start with the tough questions right out of the gate. Favorite St. Lunatic? You know what I'm saying? A lot of people would say Murphy Lee rap better than Nelly. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I respect Nelly, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Uh, country grammar is a classic. I don't care a what nobody, nobody said. I agree. He has, like a, he has diamond so songs that went diamond, bro. We got to respect what he did. <laughs> He brought Air Forces to the the, the masses, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 they were cool before that, but he brought it to the masses, bro. Come on, is, man. Is, the affected culture. Is Nelly not the uh, Band-Aid guy? Did he not start the Band-Aid thing? Is that not his? I, I wouldn't say he started it, but he brought it to the he brought that to the culture, too. God. Yeah, he's the first person that, that some people saw, but no, nah, that was already a thing. What a moment <laughs> uh, John, what yeah, did one you... one moment in time for so. What did you think of the Super Bowl? Did you watch the Super Bowl? What are your thoughts? I did watch Super Bowl. I'm not. A, I'm not big, big, big in the football. Me like since the cap situation, I haven't been. I haven't been as much into it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of history. You know what I'm yes, saying? And I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like Mahomes is on his bronze stuff yeah, right now. Yeah, it's you know really I mean? awesome. He's, he's chase. He's chasing MJ. You yes. know what I mean? So uh, 
Um, or maybe more like MJ Chase and uh, Kareem type. You know right. what I'm saying? But anyway, um, but yeah, I feel I feel like uh, I feel like I wanted I wanted to watch that. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was good. It's it's really good watching a really big important game yes. with no rooting interest yes, for real. You know I what agree. I mean? And for me, as like a guy that I don't really know the game. But I know that when you punt the ball and your your you know uh, your guy your what I don't even know the the guy's the position is called but the guy that runs down the field when you punt the ball to keep it from going into the end zone I know when you make those plays and this drive has to start on the one yard line I know that's a huge difference and like it felt like a game that was cool of like really cool small shit that I could really appreciate right, right. and enjoy. Right. Even that McDuffie like blitzing on that, like third and five towards the end of the game, like him creeping right, back right. and then, you know, timing out his blitz at the right time, all that like really small stuff. I really appreciated getting the chance to watch. So it was a fun game. It, I, 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 had, I had a blast watching it, man. Like, you know, just, and, and, and then seeing like, you know, the 40, the 49ers didn't play bad. It wasn't like Shanahan, shit his pants you know what i'm saying it was like it wasn't like you know uh brock didn't brock played a game winning he played a game winning football game he just had maybe the best quarterback not the goat but maybe the best we've ever seen to do it yeah. you know across the field from him you know what i mean so it's hard to outplay mahomes man you know yeah, what i mean really but is. party did good everybody played well it was two good two game, two teams played really good but one person had Mahomes, one team did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had, uh, I was with uh, a bunch of kids that were really pulling from San Francisco. And every mm -hmm. time they didn't pull away, every time they couldn't put Mahomes away, I was like, this is what this guy does. If he's in the game, come the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. you're in bad shape. And just to watch yeah, him do it again it was, was really cool. I think the thing is, like, it was just interesting where I, mean, I was talking to my, my buddy Garnabasio from the uh, yes. podcast. Yeah. He was talking about who would you rather play. And at first he said, I would rather play the Chiefs because the Chiefs aren't as good as a team. But then Mahomes scares him. Yes. And the reason, the, and, and, and I, that's why he was, I see why he was scared because in those two last drives, yeah. those final drives, Mahomes looked like he was at home. His heartbeat might have been, what, 76 right. beat, yes. beats per minute? You know, he, he yeah. like he was at home in his couch. He might as totally well. I was, under well, I was more nervous as a non-fan yes. yes. than he was. That's right. This is this. You know that that that's that's a, that's just another day, another year playing football for him. Yeah. So yeah, really that's cool. that's why he was afraid, and, and and everybody knew that he was going to get get done what needed to get done. Yes. You know what I mean? And it really so. it really does. You said you're a fan of history, and I am the exact same way with sports. It feels like we're yeah. all right now in a moment where we are mm -hmm. understanding how incredible this guy is. And now next mm -hmm. season, I've never been more excited because I want to see if he can three-peat. Like all of a sudden I'm way invested in and excited about next year. Never happened before. So yes, I'm tapped in, bro. When I saw, when I heard that, I was like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. I thought one of the 49ers teams for sure had a three-peat or like back in the day when they run running stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Maybe a Cowboys, but anyway, yeah. Uh, John, can you give me can you give me two minutes on Bob Cousy? I know we have similar <laughs> opinions on Bob Cousy. I opened up this series, this podcast, with an episode with Dragonfly Jones, your boy, uh, and Yo. the intro to that episode was me saying. We're not. This is the show. Isn't about great performances. It's not about great players. It's about great moments. So someone like right, Bob right. Cousy can hit the fucking deck. Like get out of town. I don't care what you <laughs> achieved. You, your stuff doesn't matter anymore. I need you to be replaced. I want to hear. I know you were famously have a, a great work <laughs> on Bob Cousy. To give me your opinion on Bob Cousy. Give me two minutes on Bob Cousy. The thing with Bob Cousy is, bro. Bob Cousy played basketball when basketball wasn't basketball. 
Black people could barely even play. I don't give a fuck what you did in any sport. If black people can't play, then what you did don't count, G. There was like a, a, a glass ceiling. You can only have two black people on the team. I don't give a fuck about this dude. He was his he's he shot like 41% from the field off 19 shots a game. That's greatness. The fuck? You can make a you can make a dude, a high school, a high schooler will cross his ass up. And I'm supposed to be looking at him like this man is supposed to be top 75 greatest. I dude, what you did during your time was incredible. Yep. But there was nine fucking basketballs right. in uh, NBA basketball teams, and there was like eight hundred people in the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Y'all were smoking cigarettes before the damn game. Bro, it was barely a sport. You know what I mean? You could barely call it a job. You know, this is what's going on now is totally different. Totally and so yo, I'm not taking about what I'm not taking away what he did at the time. I'm saying that time didn't fucking matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, think, I think five years before Bob Cousy came into the league, the damn Harlem Globe Trotters beat the NBA champions five years before he came in the league. And I'm supposed to care about what this dude did? Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm, I'm not with it, bro. I'm not with it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, first off, that's exactly what I wanted. I'm just a fan of the truth. I'm just a fan of honesty, bro. Let's lean in. It was, it was perfect. That was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. And I also (laughs) want to say it is very, it is very gracious of you to say, I'm not taking anything away from Bob Cousy and what he did in his time. I'm saying his entire time did not matter. That is the most (laughs) succinct way to put that. It's It's perfect. It's not personal, bro. It's not about you. When when someone goes, he's on that list of the 75 best players, I go, honestly, I don't care about that list until they start removing names from it. We are going to keep adding basketball players. And until you start removing names, I do not care about your list. Bro, it does it, it bro, like because you made top fifty ever, you keep what the fuck type of shit is that? <laughs> when the, the, the league changed players become better and you just add more names, yep. dude. Th- there's there's guys on that list that don't deserve to be on that list anymore. That's right. Hey, let's hey, let's be real about it. It, right. it doesn't it doesn't say what they did during that time, does it doesn't matter or whatever. It's just saying, like, yo, you're not top hundred anymore, you're not top seventy-five anymore. It's just what it is. Yep. You know what I mean? I totally agree. Right, like, come on, man. And you have good players that like like that, that dominated that aren't on no damn on, on, on the list. You feel what I'm saying? You are the world's foremost um, uh, Bob Cousy basher. I just want to say that out loud. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to be that connected to Bob. Cousy, <laughs> but I do appreciate the love, though. Very kind of you. <laughs> we we have to decide whether Steph Curry's 32 foot game winner against Oklahoma City, uh, goes into the first ballot Hall of Fame. To decide that, we have to go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge all of our moments. The first credential is always analytics. Here are some of the numbers behind this. And, John, I've got a couple questions. I'm going to tee you up to get your uh, take on a couple things, but there's a ton of numbers for me to go through. Right out of the gate, 2014-2015 champs. This is the following season. So we're talking about the champs Mm -hmm. coming back. They're trying to go back-to-back. They open up the 2015 season with a 24-game win streak. They are Mm -hmm. 52-5 at the time of this game. Uh, The Warriors would also, of course, famously go on, or, or perhaps infamously go on to win an NBA record 73 games in this season. OKC at the moment was 41 and 17 at the time. They were third in the West, fourth best record Mm -hmm. in the league. So they were phenomenal. Uh, Would you say this is this uh, moment is the best highlight 
from this NBA season for the Warriors because, again, they end up losing to LeBron mm-hmm. and the Cavs in Game 7. So if you had to pick a singular moment from this season's Warriors, this record-breaking season's Warriors, would you say this is that signature moment from the season? I think the game six that Clay had Got was it. really, really big. Right. But I would say this moment is more important to NBA history as a whole. Mm. So you picked this. So, you yeah. picked this moment. You wanted to talk about it. Speak as to why you picked this moment. The reason I picked this moment is I think this is a moment that NBA, NBA changed. I think this is the exact moment where Steph Curry's, you know, what I'm saying, print mm. on the on the NBA. Was 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 stamped. Yep. We're like this is this is a different league. Yep. This is a different league. And the reason I say this is because what there was it like eight seconds left on the clock when he got the ball. Yes. Before, uh, eight, seven or seven or seven, seven seconds. Every single time before this moment, right? When you get the ball with that much time, you're sprinting, sprinting. to the cup. Right. Sprinting to the cup. Yes. Whether it's you get a foul, you get a layup. But you're, that's how you're trying to win. Oof. Steph Curry got the ball and job. And I remember looking at the person that was standing, sitting next to me. And I remember I said, I said, and it, part of my language, I said, I, my, my homegirl was right next to me. I said, he about to shoot this bitch from 30. She don't care. She don't, she don't care about no basketball. She don't know what's going on. I said, he about to shoot this bitch from 30. He about to shoot this bitch from 30. And, 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 I, 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 and, I, and I was saying it in disbelief. Like, there's no way it's going right. like, to What's going to happen? I've never seen this before. I don't know what's going to happen. He shot it from 30. And yeah. as soon as it left, I said, He's gonna make this. Yes. This is money. The game's oh, over. He hit it. I, this is this. Listen, I hated the Warriors. I, I felt that they didn't deserve 2015 because I'm a Brown fan, <laughs> and, 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 and everybody got hurt. You know what I'm saying? I still hate Kelly Olynyk. it. You know what I'm saying? For snatching Love's arm out of his socket. You know what I'm saying? You know Kyrie's knee fell on him. You feel me? I'm like, this is some BS. Brown. They gave they gave the damn um the, uh, MVP to Iguodala yeah. just for for holding Brown at thirty eight a game. That's right. Like, is, is, is this is what we really gonna do. But anyway, so so I was I'm a, I was a Steph I was a Steph, I was a Steph Warriors hater. You feel me? Yeah. I'm running around yeah. my living room yep. in disbelief. He's sea walking on the court, <laughs> and I'm running in circles as a hater. Just excited <laughs> by the fact that I've seen something I've never seen before, yeah. and I knew that the league was going to be different in that yep. moment. And that's why I say this was more important because that's the, the moment where the the three ball yes. got the it has the got the weight that it has now. You know what I'm saying? You're that's right. where it put his elbows out. You know what I'm saying? Got both armrests, and I'm here to stay. Yeah. You know what uh. I mean? Like. You feel what I'm saying? You're so good at this. You're uh, t- t- the the t- two things I want to comment on. One, and I never considered this, but you were a hundred percent right. The jog. It's the the jogging. It's seeing the, it's him jog. The yes. The, oh my. It's it's like, like it's like, like when you were talking about Mahomes. It's it's control. I'm in. Bro. There's no panic. I'm in total control of this moment. I know exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm about to go execute on it. There is a there is a cold calculatedness to a person jogging in this moment that really sticks out. I love that as an ad. The the jog. And he's bu- jogging into doing something that nobody has ever done before. Yes. In every basketball court, in every gym prior to that, <laughs> that is the worst yes. possible shot right. you could take for game with eighty with eight seconds left. Yep. And he did that, yep. made the shot. We all knew he was going to make it. He changed the game he in really that did. moment. He, re- he really, he, he, he didn't just change, he changed the shape of the game. 
basketball as a shape it got wider and bigger and stretched and it really it's it's a fascinating concept and i couldn't agree with the texture of the game that's right that's right you know what i mean that sounds stupid. That sounds like a dumb thing that we're saying to make this seem important, but we com- you completely mean it, and I completely mean it, and I totally right. agree with you. I'm dead yes. serious, yes. bro. Yes. I, 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 that's, that's like when, when people are asking like when basketball changed, that was the moment. Yeah. Because I, right. we, we had seen – because everybody talks about like how you know kids will go out here and how they're shooting a three now and they're messing up the jumper and all that stuff. Like You know what I mean? Like And also like – People just shooting threes. Okay, he was just shooting threes before that. No, I'm shooting game winners. That's right. From 40. And then we saw after that, was it the next year? Well, two years later? Dame, Dame. shooting a 40-footer right. for That's the right. series? That's right. Like, bro, a 40-footer <laughs> sidestep <laughs> with right. Paul George on him? One of the best guard defenders in the NBA? Because <laughs> it was like, bro, I can shoot a 40-footer, but I can't get by Paul George. Yeah. So this is what I have. That's what I'm going to take. And, bro, and when he let that go, we all knew it, too. I'm telling you, yep. the three-point line was stamped as the future of the NBA, at least the near future, when he did that. Yep. It, it, right. And everybody was like, it's a bad shot. It's a bad shot. It's a bad shot. Not if Steph's shooting it. It's not a bad That's shot right. if you can shoot the three. Because if you're going to the lane, it's cramped in there. You got the trees. I'm 6'3". You know what I'm saying? I can shoot a butt-naked open shot from 30 <laughs> foot, though. You know what I mean? You... I, I make 50 of them before the game <laughs> at, at halftime. That's who Steph Curry is. You are very good at this. Thank you so much for doing it. I also just (laughs) want to quickly say I love the symmetry of Dragonfly Jones doing the Dame uh, uh, game winner against uh, OKC. And you you now doing this, Steph, one. I I love having you both on each of these episodes. (laughs) Here are a couple more stats. Uh, Here's a bit more analytics from this moment. Uh, Golden State was down 11 at half. OKC was Mm -hmm. up 12 points. With 9.15 left in the fourth, Steph ended up playing 37 minutes and 41 seconds. He was 14 of 24 from the field. That's 58%. He's 12 of 16 from deep, 75% from three, six of eight from the stripe. Kind of strange that he missed two free throws in a game like this. Six assists, three boards, two steals, 46 points total. He scored 31 of those 46 after he sprained his ankle, which he didn't just sprain it, Russ stomped on. I mean, Russ didn't do this on purpose, but he lands right, on right. Steph's ankle, and Steph has to go back to the locker room. He has to leave the game and go get taped up, and then Steph has 31 after that. He missed. Uh, Steph ended up missing five plus minutes of game time to get retaped. Uh, scored then 31 in the 18 minutes of game time that he played the rest of the way. Uh, He made five threes in the second half, another three threes in overtime. He scored eight in the final three minutes of regulation, plus an assisted basket to get it to OT. At the time of this game, his 12 threes in this game was tied the NBA record, tying Kobe and Danielle Marshall for 12 threes in one game. Danielle Marshall's crazy. Crazy. I didn't know his yeah. uh, Steph's true shooting percentage in this game was 84%. Curry also strangely broke his own NBA record for threes in a season during this game at 288, which he then went on to obliterate and, and uh, reset multiple times. 
This was Steph's second MVP season over the year. He averaged 30.1 points per game, five and almost five and a half boards, 6.7 assists per game, and 2.1 steals per game, which was a career high in steals for him, over 34 minutes per game on 50-45-91 splits. Jesus Christ. How about the games leading up to this game? Steph had 36, then 42, then 51, and then this 46 against Oklahoma City. And then a couple games later, Golden State played OKC again. Steph had 33, and OKC uh, uh, Golden State beat OKC again. It's just a wild run Bro, uh, this and, season. And the thing is, we're talking about, we're not talking like OKC, like they, they were obviously a really good team, but we're talking about, bro, Kevin Durant to me was the second best player in the league. You know totally what I mean? Agree. Totally like, agree. He was my second. Bro, he was so dominant. I was rooting for OKC. Yeah. I was rooting for Same. OKC. I'm like, yo. And, and, and they, they, they look they, they look like they, it was like they were going to take it away. Like, I'm like, okay, this is fool's go, bro. They're going to get into the playoffs. OKC okay, so going to take them out of here, bro. They, they, they've met their match. Yes, you can beat up on these other teams. OKC is not going for it, though. You know what I mean? It's really And, wild. bro, prove, prove, prove me wrong. You feel me? And instead of going nuclear like that, I mean, for 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 me as a person, like that's 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 the beauty of Steph too, and I think this was like kind of the beginning where, like, yeah, I'm rooting against Steph, but he's kind of like with Kobe. I root against Kobe, but I I never miss Kobe games. Yep. You can't miss a Kobe game. Are you that's kidding? Right. You can't miss a Steph game. That's right. You kidding me? I don't care if you like him or not. It's beautiful basketball. You can't really lie to yourself. Really you know what I'm saying? And this, I remember this year, my sister as a Bron fan too. She went to the she went to uh okay she went to a uh, Warriors game when they played Atlanta because she was in, in Atlanta. She was like. John, I hate these guys, but this is the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen in my life. Show. You gotta see you the gotta show. You gotta see the show. That's you gotta it. tap in. And even if you're a fan of basketball, you're a fan of these guys. And I think well, this is where Steph, like to me, in moments like this, bro, this is where he stamped the, you know, the 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 first unanimous unanimous MVP. Where it's like, bro, we just have never seen anybody like this. And it's not just him being as good as what he is. It's like the, his approach to basketball yeah. was different from anybody ever That's approached right. the game before. That's right. How he thought about it was not the same. You know, you know I mean? and it's so weird that LeBron, like you, obviously, I'm sure you guys have said this many times on the show, and I've certainly said it on this show. LeBron is the same way. Like LeBron mm -hmm. changed the game, and you would think that you wouldn't have two supernovas like that at the same time playing in the same Crazy. universe, and that we have that. What a lucky period for all of us basketball fans to be able to appreciate LeBron James and Steph Curry at their peaks. A, a blessing. It's a blessing, bro. We've seen MJ, like I'm, I was born in 82, you feel me? So MJ, his entire career, you know what I mean? Yep. We saw Kobe, Yep. you know what I'm saying? We have Bron and Steph, and we hadn't even mentioned like Chuck, all yep. the dogs and yep. the Zeke, the dogs, you know what I'm saying? The dream, all the dogs in between, bro. This is beautiful. And this is why I say, Fuck Bob Cozy. Do you see these aliens <laughs> that I'm looking at? And then I see a fucking accountant. You want me to throw on the top 75? Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, yes. I love it. Uh, I also love comparing Steph to Shaq in that their gravity changed the way basketball looks and feels and was played. Mm -hmm. And and again, Shaq is another guy that we got to appreciate and watch his entire career. What a blessing. All Bro. right. Uh, crazy, crazy. You mentioned KD, in case you're wondering. KD had 37 in this game on 50% from the field, 64% from three for, for KD. Russell Westbrook had 26, 13, and seven, but on 34% shooting. Also, something to consider here. I don't know if this swings, whether this moment gets in. 
But Oklahoma City's longtime Steph Curry stopper, Mitch McGarry, did not play in this game. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Mike Breen, Breen, when talking about this Warriors team at this specific moment, said, quote, they were playing at a level that very few teams had ever played at, unquote. And that's exactly true. And when you think about it, it really is insane defending champs hot as a pistol in the regular season about to have the best regular season in NBA history. It's really insane to think about this moment maybe being at the peak of one of the singular seasons that a team has ever had in this league. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, that's how that's, that's what that's how it feels. That's that's the I, I, I mean, we talk about the I mean, the, you know, the, the playoffs and all this stuff. But when I think about this season, that is the moment I remember yeah. because that just it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. It, it was it was like I, I remember watching um, um, uh, Jason Tatum play basketball in, in high school. He's a junior in high school. Right. I watched him for one quarter and left because I was like, I just don't want to watch these kids get bullied anymore. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's putting their team, <laughs> their kid out there is call, call the people on them. You know what I'm saying? Because why would you put your kid out there to be, you know, mauled by this guy who's just way better than anybody? Bro, it made me think when I watched him play. I said, "I'm glad I don't play basketball anymore." I thought that I, when I watched him. And so this is this is the same thing. Like this, I had that same type of feeling, Ma. But like, if these type, if this alien is out here approaching the game in a way that I can't, I literally couldn't dream of taking that shot in that situation. You feel me? Playing a team that is that good that you just had a comeback and you're shooting a 30 footer with eight seconds left. I literally couldn't dream of doing that. And he does it. And then sea walks in the middle of the court. You feel me, bro? I don't need to be out with It's not safe. It's not safe. You feel me? And that's how I felt the moment. It ain't safe. When I watch Jay Statham, it ain't safe out there to keep your kids in white, to close, cover your kids' eyes. It ain't, you know what I mean? And that's how I feel with Steph on When Steph was on the court, it's not safe. It still ain't safe with Steph. That was still top 50 on you. In in researching for this episode, I just started going through the other 52, whatever, however many wins it was that they had at the time. I started flipping, like looking for other games that they had. They played the Spurs when the Mm -hmm. Warriors were 40 and 4. And the Spurs were 38 and six. And I found that it is the game with the highest combined winning percentage ever at that juncture in the season. Like, obviously, there have been that. teams That's that have crazy. been like yeah. 1-0 and 1-0 and, yeah. and, and everybody's undefeated. But at this juncture yeah. in the season, best winning game percentage ever in an NBA game. And what happened? The Warriors won by 30. <laughs> I mean... That's... Why wasn't anybody talking about the Spurs? And I don't remember anybody uh, mentioning the Spurs and how good they were back then. And they prob- they prob- People probably were. I just don't remember that at I, all. I, but that's how big of a story these Warriors were at the time. They were changing basketball. It was be- it was a, like the beginning of the Warriors as we knew them. You know? 2015 was not the Warriors that we, you know, that we remember. Yes. It's this Warriors that's team right. and how... The, 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 those third quarters and how a 15-point lead wasn't shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's nothing. They'll be going in a minute and a half if they get right. to shoot and now they shoot. You know what I mean? This is the type, This is the first time we saw the type of Warriors that we'll remember them to be. You know what I mean? Uh, last stat, last analytic here, uh, and not for nothing, but the Warriors ended up clinching a playoff berth this night. They were the first team to clinch a playoff in February since the 1987-88 Los Angeles Lakers, which I like to consider 
the greatest team of all time. All right, here we go. Bro, um, <laughs> it, it definitely is the greatest team of all time. Are you kidding me? Style matters. Style matters, and the Showtime Lakers will always uh, matter depth. forever and ever. Right. Depth, crazy. Anyway, and the best point guard of all time. All time. One one. All time. It's not Come up for on. debate. That's yeah. my – nope. we're, not, we're not considering anything else, Magic Johnson, forever. All right, here we go. The next credential is the eye test. What did we see in this moment? John, the floor is yours. When you rewatch this play, mm-hmm. you already mentioned the jog. So, like, I'm I'm leading mm-hmm. you here. You already mentioned the jog, which is a phenomenal detail and something I had never considered. Is there anything else that you see in this play that makes this moment special? I think just the disbelief of everybody on yes. the court, including the players. Yes. Like these are these are the best in the world. Yeah. Like like KD and Westbrook on these are those are perennial all stars at the time. Katie's still an all-star, so all-star, you know what I mean? But like these are these are like the these are the best players in the world. You know what I mean? Two of them, and Katie and Steph for sure. And they're looking at like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is he doing? You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine. I mean, like, you know, nobody, nobody knew what Steph was doing but Steph. That's right. Like, I mean, I, I said it, but it was like, you know, in disbelief, right? right. Like nobody right. truly knew what was doing. Yes. But because because that isn't done. And it's just the disbelief of everybody around that when it was shot and when he hit it and what it just happened, the absolute like, bro, that is for like, this is what you pull, push people into. Yep. Yeah. You, when you play, let's let, let them, let them shoot that thing from 32. Not this demon. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, Get it out of his hands. is the only thing you can pray for. It re- you feel it, me? It, like think, think about for a second, come with me on this journey. Think about yeah. going to watch a basketball game. Like, let's say you're watching a local college game. So pick whatever college is by you, the listener, whatever college is close by. You go watch a college basketball game at that university's arena. And at halftime, the ball boys come out or the ball girls come out and they have the balls and they start chucking it from deep. They go way behind the mm-hmm. three point line. And it's like, Shooting shots at that depth used to be things that kids would do to fuck around. It would be, right. it would be. There's a stop in play. I'm gonna run out here and just chuck up a thing, and I almost become entertainment. It's like a thing that you do to fuck around. And in this moment, he turned it from fucking around to legitimate basketball strategy. Bro, bro, like it was, it was like you know, like we just. He, bro, he, 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 I'm telling you, this moment changed basketball. It didn't just change like, like the three point line. I talk about the three point line being like, like, oh, this is, you gotta, you know, you, you can't just push him to 32. You know what I mean? Like, put, or push him outside the three point line. Like, bro, it changed the way we thought yes. about basketball. Yep. Like, we, like, we thought, like, like, how, how old is, how, when did Naismith create this? Yeah, I don't even you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what, like, what, the, like, the 1800s, early 1900s? You know, you nobody had ever thought that way until that night. Yeah, and now insane to me. Like, and now when you see a like, kid do it, you don't think twice footer? about it. The only time we've seen a thirty-two footer is like somebody throwing up last right. second. It's like that's a heat. Right. That's right. This man dribbled into it and stepped God into that damn, time. He waltzed into that. Show. <laughs> like, Bro, God. he walks into history <laughs> calmly. He uh, jogged into history uh, calmly what a into the changing of the. The, the, the texture of basketball what a without even with, with bro like without even thinking 
with, with no conscience. Uh, John, just, it's just John, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I don't want to try and tear this down, but also as the, yeah. as the purveyor of the first ballot hall of fame, mm-hmm. it's my duty to be difficult on any moment that comes sure. across my table. My eye test submission is a humongous negative. What I notice okay. when I watch this is those goddamn sleeve jerseys that the Warriors were wearing. <laughs> I want to submit for a moment. And, John, I say this to you as someone who I think of you as a man with style. You are a man Thank that you. cares about the aesthetics. I know that you had a lot for to sure. do with the aesthetics of the shows and the content that you make. And so I think you can appreciate this. I want to submit that this could be one of the worst singular jersey matchups of all time. Those sleeved Golden State jerseys, black sleeved Golden State jerseys against those hideous white, light blue and orange Oklahoma City jerseys, which could be the worst jersey in all of sports history, full stop. <laughs> Bro, the sleeve jerseys was the worst the idea worst. ever created. Who the fuck wants to wear or buy that? Remember Brian was tearing the jerseys before games? Yes. Because, like, why? Insanity. So, yes, that is a huge issue right there. Do we really want that jersey hanging in the rafters? Yep. I don't know, bro. I don't know. But the moment itself was beautiful. There's I a... See, I see. I get the point. There's a... Hold on. Let me look this up for just one second. There is a an account that I started following. Oh, NFL Fashion Advice. It's a fashion underscore NFL. They put up a thread. Uh, just before the Super Bowl, where they were like, mm-hmm. what is the best Super Bowl performance from an aesthetic standpoint? So seeing mm-hmm. these two teams matched up and lo- just looking at the images and the color contrast and the logo contrast and these guys locked up. And I'm looking through this thread and I'm watching, I'm looking at these old images between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. And I'm looking at the 70 whatever Dolphins and those perfect right, fucking right. Dolphins uniforms. And I'm looking at mm-hmm. matchups between the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys, that that steel <laughs> silver and that blue and the, the, the contrasting bright red and blue of the of the bills helmets and you're looking at these images and you're going look at how beautiful these images are they're captured forever this is for posterity this is to remember Mm -hmm. these great super bowl matchups and i'm blown away i'm moved by the singular images and now let's come back to this moment and think about those goddamn sleeve jerseys bronze wearing a sleeve jersey in game seven when they win the the what yeah. what the NBA has done with the alternate jerseys and the sleeve jerseys it is affecting history and I want the people at the NBA to start thinking about this. You want to sell alternate jerseys? I get it. They are not allowed to wear them in these marquee matchups. They are not allowed to wear them in games that matter. They can wear your alternate jerseys and your city jerseys and your sleeve jerseys when you go to Charlotte. That's I'm. That's it. I'm. I'm. A, I'm fine <laughs> right. with that. Games that don't matter. Yes. Bro, I just. I, I, what. What do you, do you like when we look back at the at the NBA? Like the NBA, I think to me, basketball is the most beautiful sport. I think the I NBA. Agree. I think the NFL is a better product. I yes. think they package it better. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like as just game to game, basketball is art. It's Agreed. absolutely gorgeous. Agreed. You know what I mean? And when we look back at all images, where we're seeing MJ with the chains. And you know the shoes, like bro. This in, in this in, in this game, we have Steph Curry, a a absolute you know like superstar of superstars. You know where he's a guy that 
the, the superstars in the room and he's the guy that people are they're still nervous to be around. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he's a he's he's a he's a Hall of Famer amongst the Hall of Famers. Yep. You feel me? Yep. And he has on them goofy ass Steph Curry shoes <laughs> and that weird ass in that and that and them weird ass jerseys. What if what are we doing? I agree. What are we doing? And I think the thing, like, bro, take some take some tips from the NFL, bro. Make sure the Package it better. Yep. Brandy, don't get lazy with those things. The jerseys matter, bro. Yes. This is the coolest sport in the world. And you got them dressed like nerds. You know <laughs> I, what I, mean? I, I totally, 100% wholeheartedly agree. I couldn't be more behind you. Oh, my God. Crazy, All right, man. we got to move forward. The next credential is the ear test. What did we hear in this moment? Obviously, this is a Mike Breen double bang. Let's listen to Ooh. the call together. Westbrook on the drive, falling away, won't go. Rebound taken by Iguodala. They do have a timeout, decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining! How good is that call, John? Having Mike Breen on the call, come on, bro. It was made, come on, man. It was supposed to be history. What is it about, and I had not considered this before, researching for this episode but the sentence the warriors have a timeout but re- refuse to use it that, that line oh my God. when i hear that i go yeah that is a really funny thing to say before a, a guy sticks a, a a knife through the other team's heart it's a very funny thing to say and when i considered how funny that was i searched it on social media and it's all over social media people use it all the time and i go yeah that is a really funny wrinkle what is it about that sentence that's so good what makes that sentence so funny i mean for me like when i when i think about that refuse to use it yeah what were they going to use it for to get it back in steph's hands (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah bro they didn't use it because they had it in the hands that the ball needed to be in bro well i'm gonna go you feel me Dog, shoot the thirty footer, baby. God damn. They they do have a decide a timeout, decide not to use it. That is an ice cold thing to say right before that shot. Uh here we mentioned that this is a double bang. Breen had five other double bangs. Let's listen to all of them together very quickly. Bang! 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 I do want to say in researching this, I do want to say if I'm ranking the double bang calls, I think Doncic's double bang in the bubble is just on just on the call, not the play, but just the call. It's neck and neck with the Steph Curry uh, 32 footer. That stuff matters here at the first ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, before we move on to the next credential, uh, I have two things I want to ask you about. The first one is I read this. I don't believe it. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Are you okay. related to Cool Papa Bell? Yep, that's my great Fuck. uncle. Are yeah, you bro. kidding I, I, me? I, bro, yeah, they just call him like you know, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. My, I, my god! My my, my, uh, my family, my uncle, other uncle, who's like his, uh, I think nephew, um, is um, he's the one that got the street that my people live off in St. Louis. It's named after him, oh and that uncle god. too was. He has pictures with MLK. He was in the uh, oh. he was big in civil rights. And he um, has a, has a has a um, a park named after him down the street. So yeah, bro, that's my uncle. Yeah, I got pictures of me with like my, my little brother, like taking pictures in front of like Bush Stadium in front of. Uh, the, I got there's like I have like family photos with him in it, bro. 
We, yeah, man. I went to. Zane's I, cool. I work with um, Marshawn Lynch, and we uh-huh. went to Kansas City and filmed with Pat Mahomes Sr. at the uh-huh. Negro League Hall of Fame. And yeah, the yeah. tour guide at the Negro League Hall of Fame took us around and spent like 15, 20 minutes on Cool Papa Bell. And everyone was hanging off every story and word that our tour guide was saying. It was just equal parts awesome and impressive, like athletically. And then also just, as his name implies, so cool to hear. Uh, th- th- what a cool uh, person to be related to. Cool Papa Bell. Fantastic. Congratulations. What's crazy for me was just Uncle James. Like, uh, we just talked about it. But, and, like, God. I didn't know what speaking of a deal he was until I got older. And I was just like, I, yeah, my, my people stay off my, the, the James Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my great uncle. And they were like, your uncle's the guy that would, like, if the lights were turned off, he that's would right. make it into the bed before that's the, right. you know what I mean? That's right. You know that's I mean? like, about he, he Cool Papa Bell. Yeah, and I was uh, like, and also like, I, I played baseball for ten years too, and I was just naturally good at it. Like, I was like the first draft pick in the Babe Ruth leagues and shit, and you know what I mean. Uh, and I played, I played travel teams and stuff like that. But like, and I, some of the dudes I played with played uh, made it to the league, but I I stopped playing because you know, I don't know, I, I fell in love with basketball. You feel me? But um, but uh, but yeah, I, I was just, I always would wonder, like, man, it's kind of, it's just kind of, always kind of felt natural. So and then awesome. you know, you know, learning that you know, like. That's how good Uncle James was oh in baseball. James. It's like, oh, okay. Amazing. I guess I got some. I got some of that bloodline. Some of the, some of that blood still in me, or some of the genes trickle down <laughs> to me, or whatever. But yeah, the, crazy. The, the other thing I wanted to ask you about: you hosted and produced a show called One More Round on ESPN, where you watched yeah. classic boxing matchups with nba players that's like a dream job to me yeah, watching yeah, old, yeah, and yeah. you also the the episode i watched was my favorite fight of all time hagler hearns yeah. with cat and torian prince i mean that's what yeah, a, yeah. what a goddamn dream job that must have been tell me about it what was cool about it was how into it these guys were yes. like like you know they they understand being a pro athlete like i'll never understand like that what it takes I, there was a bro before the episode, and I'm sure he wouldn't matter, but Cat swallowed like 50 like pills in one go. Ugh. Like you know, like like he gets these like you know these it's a, like these these multivitamin shit. Right, you right, know what I'm right, saying? He was right. talking about like the multivitamins he has to take in order to you know stay healthy. But they understand the process. Yes, getting the type of shape you need to get into to be, to to be baying it out, and you know, and, and on the biggest stage. And it was just like seeing like that, like them talk about that aspect of it and just the respect they had. But like, bro, it was fun. We had a ball, bro. Uh, like I had a ball on, on and then like that fight is just so much fun, bro. That oh, fight is just, blast. you know, it just, boxing is, I, I think boxing is in a really good spot right now. Um, As far as like the talent, I feel like people need to fight each other more. Yes. And I think that's where, they, that's where they can take notes from. They're making much more money and all that now, but they can, they can, yo, who cares if you, that, that that them L's don't matter that's as much. Right. You don't got to be undefeated, bro. That's like right. you fighting for legacy, you got to right. fight the guys. That's totally. Uh, you know I couldn't agree with you more. It's the thing I uh, appreciate about the UFC is they make every fight that people want to see. They make sure those fights happen. Yep. And boxing needs to get back to that. I couldn't agree more. The guys fight the guys in the UFC. That's it right. doesn't always happen, and, and, and it's, right. it's 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 a biz. They, they, it's it's become more wrestling than. Then not then then it's like you know yep. I kind of feel like it's leaning more. I mean, I, it's not nothing's fake when you're in that ring. You know what I mean? Yep. I actually sparred a dude this past Saturday that 
that um fought Errol Spence. Oh. And he was he had on Air Max. He wasn't going hard, bro. <laughs> I'm not, it wasn't like I was in there like duking it out with a real boxer. That that, that would be a lie. But what but bro, I'm 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 throwing like I'm trying to faint to get him off his, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Just yeah. To, like set shit up. I'm jabbing, he's not blinking. <laughs> I'm putting a a a fist, a a a boxing glove, throwing it in his face, and he's not blinking. These guys are different, yeah, bro. Really so are. nothing's fake about what they're doing. I just feel like they they lean in, mix in the the boxing with the business and adequately. Don't make it more business than boxing. I, I think that's where it's at right now. I agree, and I love the idea that you can tell uh, how hard someone goes by the fact that they're wearing Air Maxes. That's a blast. That's yeah, bro, super. come on. He would need to have on boxing, <laughs> boxing boots. You know what I mean? He had on some fucking Air Maxes. He was playing with my ass and everything. <laughs> the next credential is you mad, Rob. Play my Cameron clip here. You mad, you mad, you mad. Thank you so much. Uh, I love it when someone's mad about a moment. Was anybody pissed off about this moment? Let me pitch you one, John. The day before Steph Curry played Orlando, which was maybe two games before this OKC game, Oscar Robertson goes viral by suggesting that Curry was only dominating in the NBA today because modern defenses were too soft and modern coaches didn't understand the game. The night that Oscar Robertson says that publicly – Curry goes for 51 against Orlando and then days later goes for 46 in this crazy game winner against Golden State. Oscar Robertson being a little bent out of shape, and I love Oscar Robertson, but Oscar Robertson sure. being a little bent out of shape makes me enjoy this a little bit more. Bro, the reason they couldn't stop him because they didn't understand him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, you can't stop what you don't even understand That's just at right. a core level. You That's know what right. I'm saying? And also, you, I mean, who was going to stop him from shooting where he was shooting from? We just saw him, like, last week drop a drop a game winner from, from damn it, what, 30 feet? You feel me? Catch and just let it go, bro. You, it's hard. There's nobody in, the, in the, that's, that's existed that can stop what this dude is doing, you know, from, from where he's doing it from. So that's crazy. Also, I remember, like, Chuck. I'm, I love Chuck, but all of them talking about, you can win doing this. You can win shoot threes. Well, you know, I mean, they lost that year, but they they won a whole lot of other ones. So, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of people were mad with their success. Also, like him winning the United States MVP. There was a lot of, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of love. Steph got a lot of love. I mean, particularly from, um, you know, the masses, because he, he seemed normal, even though he's, a, I could do exactly what Steph did as far as like working hard and never be a third of as good as he is at basketball because yeah. I think there's something he was born with yeah. that I just don't have and that nobody else has. You feel me? But from within basketball, there was a lot of hate. There was a lot of hate from within basketball because they just didn't you know this was what they were told not to do. And Steph was playing the game in a way that wasn't good basketball, but it was definitely winning basketball. The next credentials, the press conference, any great quotes from this moment uh, for sure. Here's one. Yeah, that was one of the best games I've ever been involved with. That's Coach Steve Kerr said that. Here's oh, wow. here's another great quote, and the one I really want us to talk about. The quote is, "Motherfucker, come sit me down." What is that? That is reportedly what Draymond Green yelled at Steve Kerr during halftime of this Oklahoma City game. The argument between Draymond and Steve Kerr, Draymond referred to it as the worst moment in his life with Steve Kerr. 
the moment and the fight in the halftime locker room was so loud that Lisa Salters, the sideline reporter for this game, ends up hearing the entire thing. They're debating as a production team whether they should even report this because it was such a big thing. And ESPN uh-huh. and Lisa Salters decide to report it because it spilled out of the locker room. They didn't even feel like we're talking about things that happened in the locker room. It was so loud. It poured out of the locker room. Here's what Lisa Salter said to the reporters. Quote, I'm standing outside the locker room with the Oklahoma City police, which are always stationed outside of every locker room. Uh, They kind of moved me aside and the officer just kind of stood by the door with his hand on his weapon like he was trying to determine what he should do. It was clear that something bad was about to happen in this locker room. We've never heard anything like this before. That happens at halftime of this game, John. You, you, with all this research, you're telling me like this game is so much bigger than just that moment too. It's it really like there's is. so much surrounding, like him breaking records on that, yes. that going on. It was just so much shit. It was, I don't know. It's like the universe was fighting itself before the change happened. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yes. I love that. Like struggling to, to accept right. that this insane change was going to happen. That's, a, right. that's so funny. Uh, it, it really, I feel like if I was rich and famous and very good at basketball, if I had a teammate who made things difficult in any way, shape, or form, including yelling, motherfucker, come sit me down to the head coach, it would be very easy for me as a rich, successful basketball player to just check out of that game. Forget it. I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. I hurt my ankle too. Yes, I hurt. Right. And the, like, that he dude. did not do that is amazing to think about. To 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 take that moment and to use it as fuel for that finish is wild to think about. Uh, t- the next credential, Twitter fingers, any great tweets from this moment? There were a ton. Dame Lillard said, that boy Steph something else. Evan Fournier said, what amazed me most was Coach Kerr not calling timeout. He knew that was coming. Porzingis tweeted, is this real life? Dirk Nowitzki wrote, no way. Embiid wrote, Steph Curry is literally insane. Uh, DeMar DeRozan wrote, he can't be human. He can't be human. Kevin Hart wrote, he's a light-skinned, skinny version of RoboCop. Uh, And then (laughs) strangely, Magic Johnson wrote, Kevin Durant scored 37 points against the Warriors tonight. I hope the Lakers' Jim Buss was watching because that's who we need next season. Hats off to Magic. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Lakers, Lakers focus at all times. <laughs> Let me. I also went and looked into LeJethro's tweets. LeJethro Jenkins tweeted, as you've already stated, Steph yep. walked the ball up at four seconds left in the game like he had a full shot clock. He knew he was shooting the 30-footer. That's insane. I completely agree. Uh, great tweets. Um, the X Factor. Everybody knows what an X Factor is. It's our next credential. What's an X Factor? Do you have an X Factor for you? I have one that I want to pitch you, John, and get your opinion on. Mm-hmm. But do you have an X Factor for this moment? I don't have, no, no, pitch me on. I'm, I'm, I'm Wait until you hear this. I mean, this is the okay. type of thing that I go, who could have ever known this unless you're making a podcast about these moments and deciding whether they go into a <laughs> right. Hall of Fame? This game, this OKC game, which again, you remember for the shot, you remember for the call, you remember for the crip walk, all of the things you can remember. The one thing I did not know, 
This game is at the end of a super long road trip. February 9th, the Warriors play Houston at home. February 10th, so the Mm -hmm. second day of a back-to-back, Golden State goes to Phoenix. That's their first road game on February 10th. Then it's the All-Star break. The team, the players are probably flying all over the place. The Mm -hmm. first game after the break is the 19th. It's in Portland. Then they have another back-to-back. The 20th is in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Then the 22nd is they're going from Los Angeles to Atlanta. The 24th is in Miami. Orlando is another back-to-back on the 25th. And then the 27th is in OKC. This is seven straight road games over 17 days. And more accurately, it's six road games in eight days. All of this happens on the last game of a super long road trip. They have played six road games in eight days, and he still does this in overtime of the last game on the road. After being injured, after watching his teammate explode at his coach, why did he not just phone in this game? Bro, and the thing is, like, he was on a heater at all those away games the whole time? Yes. You all just said he dropped 50, 51, 40 that's right. All road games. Crazy. Insane. Here are more stats that prove how tired the Warriors had to be. In this game, the Warriors were out-rebounded by Oklahoma City 62-28. to 28. They got out-rebounded by almost 40 boards. <laughs> how are you still even in the game? That it's three ball was, that, that, that three ball was doing his thing, bro. Because there's no way you should be in a game you get like you know, forty more rebounds. Crazy! It, it, it shouldn't even be close. It should be at minimum a, a twenty-point game. Blowout! You know what I mean? Totally agree. It's really and and I I think you'll appreciate this too, John. The older I get, the more I think about how insane it is for anyone to expect any sort of peak performance of any kind, let alone a physical performance. After airplane travel and hotels and crazy sleep schedules, I can't be good at anything if I even take a four-hour flight. I'm cooked. I'm not going to be anywhere close to 100%. These guys are flying all over the place, crazy hours, constantly playing, staying in hotels. They're, They're on the road for essentially two weeks, and he still has this performance. It's wild. Wild. Bro. The, the travel is tiring in itself. Like, it's not like the fact that he's going from one place to this. Like you said, like, if I have a four-hour flight one day, yeah. I'm tired because of the flight. Right. The experience yep. mentally yep. and physically is rough. And these dudes did it for that many, for that, for 17 days they were going back and forth. Six out of eight games they played were, six out of eight, six, was it six out of eight Six days? road games in eight days. Six, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's I think that's definitely an X factor. It makes it's it's so, so unlikely that that was going to happen, but Steph, that's what he that's where he exists. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Lejethro, it's time for America's favorite podcast segment, and uh, with deep respect to Jenkins and Jones, which is uh, clearly a superior product. But this know, has been good, voted man. the the <laughs> America's <laughs> favorite podcast segment. It's called More Important. Are you ready for more important LeJethro Jenkins? Yes, 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 yes. I'm about to ask you a series of questions. Your answer to these questions will all be more important than anything you've ever said in your life. They will define who you are as a man on this planet. Here we go. LeJethro Jenkins, what is your favorite beverage? My favorite thing, I drink water. It's so delicious. Oh, but boo. I mean, if, I, I, if, not, if, it's not, if it's not water, if, it's, if I can't say water, 
I would say Mystics, bro. Have you ever had a Mystic? Delicious. Delicious. Or Purple Kool-Aid. Purple Kool-Aid is fire, bro. And not grape, because purple doesn't taste like grape. Purple tastes like purple, okay? No, there's nothing that's purple that tastes like grape flavoring is not grape. Nothing tastes like grapes. I would say I would say purple Kool Aid or just Mystics those, in general. Those Mystics in cans uh, really take me back. Uh, 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 true. For me, it's the glass, the pop, the peak. Oh that when yes, it, like that. That's, yes. Yeah, 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 bro. Cold <laughs> Mystic. This, I used to, used to go crazy in the summer. The bro. sound of a Mystic bottle opening is a lot of oh, fun to man. think about. Oh, that really Special. warms my heart. Snapple, Snapple had a moment too. Snapple had a moment too. The little tangerine and mango flavor. Ugh. Crazy. Yeah, the, yes. a great answer. You get a Stone Cold ET. Oh, hell yeah, out of that. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, John, next question. You're at a diner. I'm a big diner guy. Do you like diners? Okay, bro. Yeah, come on. Okay, man. okay. Good for you. Yeah. What is your diner order? You're at a diner. What are you getting? Usually I'm getting the the potato hash, like the, yep. you know what I'm saying, yep. hash rounds. Yep. Um, I get, it's, I, usually, I, I eat breakfast at diners. I don't me really, too, you know me saying? too. Like, I don't really eat the lunch there. Yes, you know what I, mean? I, I get, get it. But usually like steak and eggs, steak and eggs with, 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 with pota- potatoes. You feel me? I love the hash browns. Some, sausage, some sausage instead of bacon. Sausage instead of bacon, that's my thing. So I love it. That's my order. A great answer. Yeah. And diner hash browns uh, forever, forever, Different. ever, and ever. Yep. Uh, John, St. Louis, Mount Rushmore. You get four people that represent St. Louis. They can be athletes. They cannot be athletes. Four people to represent St. Louis on your St. Louis, Mount Rushmore. Who are they? I'm, I gotta say my uncles. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, don't, I don't even think my uncle James is from St. Louis, but I would still say, <laughs> uncle, my, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, James Cool for sure. You feel me? Um, uh, uh, Norma Say. But then, like the other two, I would say that they just really rep St. Louis in a way that just make me feel really proud. You know what I mean? Um, would be uh, 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 Smino, Jason Tatum. And then I'm going to just go ahead and add Nelly in there off the street because people be hating <laughs> on my man. So we, we put four of them on a mile, five on a mile rush. Next question. What is the best sports nickname of all time? Relative, James relative. Bell, I was just going to say, relative of Cool Papa <laughs> Bell. It's too easy. Too, too easy. It's a great uh, nickname. I appreciate that. What is the yeah. best sports branding of all time? So we're talking about team name, color, uniforms, logos, hats, okay, helmets, okay, okay, okay. throwbacks. You're picking one team and their entire aesthetic look. Who's got the best I would sports say, branding? I would say... Charlotte in the nineties. I love it. I, you, I, the Char- oh Charlotte in the nineties was special, bro. Yes. Maybe, dude. That dude. That that hit us like, bro. <laughs> people. People was wearing when the starter jackets were out. Oh my Charlotte, god. Cowboys. <laughs> you feel me? Those are like the top two, bro. That, you know what I mean? That satin Charlotte starter jacket took off like a rocket. And and you know and you and you know what people need? We need tearaway pants again. <laughs> Where are the tearaway pants? Those will go crazy. People like in baggy now. Let's get this, bro. That whole the, the, the whole the whole uh, warm up suits. Yeah. Them shits was fire, yeah, bro. Come really on, man. Really Lean in. Those... So I would I would say I would say that I would say that I would say that like it's that's, that was the prettiest that. That it's ever is the top has ever been. Also, I would say the Mighty Ducks when they first dropped. Cold, was super crazy, cold. bro. Super crazy. cold, crazy, <laughs> crazy. I love. They need to bring back the old stuff. jerseys. 
I could talk crazy. about this stuff forever. I also want to the just say the best all-star jerseys, let's the hear. best all-star jerseys of all time were was uh, San Antonio. Though. Oh yes, when, you when, wouldn't think it. The turquoise one. Yes, when Shaq like boofed on David Robinson that that game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Them jerseys was beautiful. <laughs> they were gorgeous. beautiful. Bring those back, man. I love this. I love this stuff. I also want to submit to you the St. Louis Cardinals that. That red and the STL on the hat, that's as good as a baseball hat brown. gets. That's as good as a What's, baseball hat gets. Bro, that red is that red. It's, it's, it's cherry red. It's cherry oh. red. You know what I mean? It's a particular type of red. And that white, it just pops out. Oh, man. It's just gorgeous. Really gorgeous, man. Uh, For sure. What is your favorite dunk? Do you have a favorite dunk? I'm, it might. I, this is the most disrespectful dunk of all time. Shaq on Dudley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. It's in the first Bell Hall of Fame. I love it. It will forever have a special place in my heart. He pushed the man. (laughs) And Dudley knew that Shaq would maul him. But because the dunk was so disrespectful, Dudley still threw the ball at him, even though he knew he didn't want that smoke. But his family and friends were watching, and he couldn't go out like that. You know what I mean? Maybe he had children that was watching, too. He had to do something. Most disrespectful dunk of all time, for sure. A great answer. Jason Concepcion Network was on that episode here, First Bell Hall of Fame. If you're not listening to it, let's do it in the back catalog. He said that that throw from Chris Dudley is low-key one of the most clutch throws of all time. If you're going to throw a ball, you got to connect. And for him to hit Shaq right in the ass, it's, it's, a, it's a big-time throw. <laughs> It is a big time throw. Big time and throw. Good, and good for him. Good for him because he needed something, bro. He needed something to talk to his kids about. <laughs> I ain't going out no punk. He could at least say that. He could at least say that because everything else, it looked bad, my boy. Last question, more important, LeJethro Jenkins. Name something that really kicks ass. So of all the things in the oh. world, can you name one thing that oh. really kicks a ton of ass? Um, uh the purple bag of Skittles, bro. Let's go. Undefeated. The purple bag, bro. You ain't never had a purple bag that didn't go crazy. Always peak. You feel what I'm saying? That purple bag of Skittles is insane, dog. Top tier candy, bro. Top tier anything. You feel me? I am in. I live my life in constant search of perfect sentences, and you ain't never had a purple bag. <laughs> That is a perfect sentence. I love it so much. Oh my god, bro! I'm trying to tell folks, purple man, bags the purple bag go is crazy. I love that. That's go so good. crazy. Uh, the next uh, credential is the cosine. The floor is yours. The mic is yours, John. Mm-hmm. Does Steph mm-hmm. Curry's 32 foot game winner against Oklahoma City does it belong in the first ballot Hall of Fame, and why? I think it does belong in the first ballot Hall of Fame because it's the beginning of a totally different era of basketball. And it's the, the at the point where Steph, like we knew st- what Steph was doing was different. But like 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 what Bron does is different, right? But nobody can repeat what Bron does. And like and in a way, he, he hasn't really changed basketball. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? But like this Steph changed basketball. And I think this was the moment where like like you said, that that ripple in time. Mm. That that you know what I'm saying we're like that shift where things went another way and we thought about the game totally different. Yep. So and also the things surrounding it, like the, all the stuff you brought up, yes. like what was going on in the game, like like it was the end of a, a road, you know what I'm saying, a, a crazy road, uh, uh, you know, 
um, moment for them or whatever. But it also it was in like a crazy terror for Steph that he was on as well. Road trip, you know, road trip, but crazy terror for Steph as well. Bro, I just feel like, you know, like, everything. yeah, bro. I mean, it had everything. And yeah. like we said, like another moment that we were talking about that brought that, 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 uh, that, uh, Tyler loved, Dragonfly Jones loved. Those moments don't happen without this moment. Yep. You You're know right. what I'm saying? You're right. This, you know, this is the inception, you know what yeah, I mean? Inception. Of the, the, the conception of the, you know what I'm saying? Of a, a different type of basketball, basketball we're seeing now. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I think you're totally right. It's time for the induction speech. That's when I, Neil, get to decide whether this thing goes into the first battle hall of fame. I'm going to take everything John just said into an account. Perfectly said, well said, a stellar, marvelous performance. I'm going to say 32, 18, and 9 maybe for you. That's that's how I see your performance today on this episode. Fantastic game. A brilliant performance. <laughs> You yeah. are as advertised. You're very good at podcasting. Thank you for giving your time to this show. I do get to make a decision on this. And as I think about this moment, they, the, the Warriors win the title the season before. I, I always think about the that clip of the Warriors singing I'm in love with the Coco. When I, when I watched that, I went, <laughs> fuck. These guys love each other. These guys like yeah. enjoy each other. They're hanging out with each other. They have a chemistry that makes me sick to my stomach because they're going to go off and win this championship and the Lakers won't. That's all I care about is the Lakers winning an NBA championship. So when I think about that championship team, I think about I'm in love with the Coco. That moment, to me, proved that the Warriors could be a championship team. I'm in love with the Coco. When I think about this moment, to me, him hitting that shot as Tyler, as Tyler, as Steph hitting that shot, as John said, changed the game. It changed everything, and it made me realize with Clay and Steph, these guys could be a dynasty. This mm. was the peak of this seventy-three and nine season. Mm-hmm. This was this felt like an announcement of a dynasty, and you know mm-hmm. who else probably thought that. Kevin Durant, who was in the arena and then after this season decides to leave Oklahoma City to go play for the Golden State Warriors. They were a goddamn dynasty. This moment was an announcement of that, and for sure, it's going in to the first ballot Hall of Fame. Congratulations to LeJethro Jenkins, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, Draymond Green yelling at Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant, everybody else from Oklahoma City. This moment is in the first ballot Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Appreciate you. Fantastic job. Had fun stating the case, you know what I mean? You it's were... weird being in this time period because I was always rooting against them. I know. You know what I mean? I get but as it. you get out of that moment where you're just like happy Steph still playing, happy Bron still playing, yes. and you look back, it was just a great time period. Win or lose, we really, I really enjoyed that moment, that time period of basketball when Steph and Bron were just battling it out every year. You know what I mean? In a strange way, I was in a, I was in New York city at a bar and I'm never at a bar. I'm not cool. I don't hang out. I never go to bars, (laughs) but because I was not at home. Yes. Because I was not at home stewing in my own anger about how the warriors are better than the Lakers. Usually that makes me hate a team. And I've been known to turn off a game early because I'm so disgusted at how the Lakers don't have a guy like that. And the Lakers don't play 
play this way. And so I'll change the mm-hmm. game. But because I was in a bar, I watched the entire game and I wasn't stewing. I was just appreciating being able to watch this game. And when he took that shot, it was the deepest, most sincere gasp of my life. I couldn't, I was genuinely shocked. And when he just oh absolutely bottomed that shot, it's just nuts. It's a true revelatory moment. And I'm so glad to have talked about it with you. Well, Jethro Jenkins, a living legend. What are you working on? How can people follow you? What can you plug? Uh, Jiggins and Jones. I'm at Jiggins and Jones right now. One oh, more great. time on the, I mean, one more round in ESPN as well. But Jiggins and Jones for the most part, man. I mean, just us and uh, me and the homies. You know what I'm saying? Having fun, talking about nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, that. that's 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 where we that's where I'm at with it. I love the show. It's really special. And again, John, thank, thank you, you for doing the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate too, man. It was fun. Anytime, anytime, man. That's it. That's the show. Jethro Jenkins is a better man than I am. He's a better podcast host, and he's a better podcast guest. My thanks to him. Check him out on Jenkins and Jones over at the Volume Network. They got something special going on over there. Support that man. Shout out to Tayshawn Prince Fielder at Detroit Player P L A I R on Twitter for letting his followers know about us again. I appreciate, we appreciate every little bit of help getting the word out on the show. Credits Robert Kennedy Arucci Jr. is my partner and podcast editor. Jessica Singh is my supervising producer. EJ Cabasal is our social producer. David Estramskis is my Balls Life producer, and Rhythm J makes all the first ballot beats. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. Rate and review us if you get the time. If you're listening to this and you care about the show and you haven't reviewed us yet, come on, bro. Come on, dude. Help a bunch of minorities and a couple white guys out. Oh, and please come back next week for more first ballot. <laughs>